Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, a weekly podcast featuring fast-paced 15-minute conversations with industry masterminds. We're doing one of those today, plus a weekly bonus episode on trends in tech and media for the salons. Before we get started, if you like the podcast, I hope you'll leave a rating and or review and hit the subscribe button. It helps others to find us. And for early access to new episodes and more, sign up for my free weekly e-newsletter over at socialbeautymakers.com. I am Gordon Miller. Thanks for tuning in. And today, again, we have a mastermind, one of my favorites, in fact. Um, and so I am very much in my happy place. <laughs> he is an entrepreneur in the extreme. It's like deep in his DNA, as you're going to hear in a moment. Um, he's a barber um, with a deep understanding of the cosmetology space, which makes him a unique barber for sure. He's a platform artist, an educator, a brand ambassador. Uh, make that multiple brands. Um, he is a Paul Mitchell artistic director, a salon-centric, it takes a pro team member. And he does some work over with my friend Kiyoshi at Mitsutani. And he has just announced the first ever Andis Clipper collaboration. Welcome to the... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me slow down. He is the North American Hairstyling Awards 2022 Educator of the Year. He's in the company of Mr. Sam Via, the first winner of that award. It's a big deal. Um, the most prestigious award for educators. Welcome to the podcast. My friend, popular nobody, John Mosley. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I could pay you for that uh, intro right there. <laughs> I might take the sound bite and keep it and just put it everywhere I need it. <laughs> you, you, you so deserve it. It was a long intro, but uh, I've, I've known you for a pretty long time now. And it, 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 the resume keeps getting longer and better and better and better, John. It's crazy because you actually have been able to watch watch my growth in the in the space and at the show space and just in general. When I think of John mostly, you know, entrepreneur, you know, is is top of the list of words. Um, you are so entrepreneurial. You, you share so much great information about it. And every time I see you educating, whether it is technical or or anything else, you you get that entrepreneurial message in there. So let's let's talk about that today. First off, how did you come to that? Uh, I think you know, Gordon, honestly, just growing up in an industry family, my mom was a hairstylist, you know, my sisters, my, you know, everybody, my whole family. And so I think just by seeing how my mom started a hair show, my mom started a product line, my mom started a school, my mom started a salon. So just coming up in it, I had entrepreneurial in me as a kid. I would sell sweet potato pies. I would sell dinner plates that I cook. So I always had that skill set and that want to be able to you know, make my own way. And so that's kind of where it started. And then when I got into the beauty space, it was just like, yo, be bigger than a barber, be bigger than what your license say. And so for me, that's, I just kind of took that mindset of what I seen my mom doing and what I was able to do as a kid and just continue to grow. I think um, entrepreneurship is nothing but hard work, dedication, and a clear vision. You know, we, we talk so much about the independent movement. It's a big conversation in the industry. And of course, that's an entrepreneurial you know lane for people to live in. But it feels like the industry has always been for most and today more than ever, just about for everybody, whether you're a commission stylist, whether you're an owner, big salon, small salon. I mean, I, entrepreneur is a title that every hairdresser should be wearing and, and, and should be wearing it proudly and, and, and also educating themselves on it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Everybody that gets a license in this industry, no matter what license you have, you are definitely an entrepreneur. You 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 have to, I think because we get that license and it tell us what we are, we treat it as such. And then that's what the world treat us as. You know, 
I don't tell people I'm a barber. I tell people I'm, I'm a CEO of my own company. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a partner with many brands, you know, because I just don't want them to judge me as a barber. And so I always have that com- that communication back and forth with people in that dialogue of, you know, I'm, I'm more than just a barber. I'm doing things differently. I'm, I'm walking a different light. And I believe in 100 percent of entrepreneurship and especially in our industry, because you're going out and you're hustling to get clients. That's an entrepreneurial skill set. You're getting customers. Sometimes you're managing your own books for until you get to a certain point. That's entrepreneurship. You know, you have visions. You come up with creativity. That's marketing. That's entrepreneurship. You're doing it already, but we don't recognize it because we're in a space that our license tell us we're just that. And I think that mindset has to change. We're more than whatever our license is because we're doing the work of an entrepreneur. And the more that we understand that, the more entrepreneurship you'll see coming from different places in our industry. And, you know, when you when we think about mindset, and one of our, the earliest of, of this series of podcasts was with Tabitha Coffee. And we talked, you know, really kind of in a profound way about the importance of mindset. And I, and I think, you know, when, when you think about that word entrepreneurship and, and, and then the mindset that comes with it, to me, like the next layer of, of what needs to change are the words that we use. Because, you know, words are so powerful. We talk about them in consultations, but how you present yourself to the world is, is, is everything because no one's going to think about you as an entrepreneur if you don't find a way to get it into the conversation. Right. <laughs> At all. Like for me, when people are like, oh, you're an influencer. No, I'm, I'm just me. You know what I mean? And what I do just happens to be of influence <laughs> with my own company. I'm a creative director. So like for me, it's like we got to take these words that people relate to bigger positions and call that for ourselves. Because if you don't have a team around you doing things to create for you or with you, or if you do, you're still the creative director of your own brand. You're the creative director of yourself. And I think going back into, like you said, that that verbiage, we have to change the way we speak of what we do. In order for people to understand that, you know, this is true entrepreneurship. And sometimes you got to change the rules and, and, and re, rewrite the rules a little bit of entrepreneurship. That's going to help benefit you. Not everybody on Instagram talking about how they did it or this and that is going to work for you. You got to figure out. And that's part of entrepreneurship is figuring out what works. But I guess I'd say definitely take advice and pluck things from people. But I tell, I tell people all the time, I use like my life as a Brita filter. I take what I need and get rid of the waste. Spoken as a, as a great educator, one little bit of information explains how you got to that Naha Educator of the Year, because I, I learned a long time ago that the greatest of educators in this industry are great storytellers, number one, but they understand the power of metaphors, that they open up our minds and we're like, wait, I, you just connected the dots for me. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, and you need to use it with your clients. You know, I I, I stopped in a coffee shop yesterday, uh, first time, fairly newly open, and the the barista is is making me this really brilliant. I think I'm hoping cup of coffee. I'm going to find out as soon as he hands it to me. And as I'm chit chatting with him, I find out he explains to me that he's the owner. You know, and he starts talking about his vision and the fact that he is an entrepreneur, and he actually used those words, and he had come from a different industry. My image of him as a human being standing behind the counter was transformed in that moment. And people talk about the industry. Oh, we have to change how people think about the industry. The best way to do it is one person at a time. Definitely. You cannot, you cannot change the broad spectrum of the industry by pushing out a message to everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I think some of my most impactful conversations happen off camera or one-on-one walking a show floor, going up to an event and just being able to talk to people. And I, and I, I showed a little bit of that on social media a few months back where I just showed how I communicate with people and educate them off, off on the side and things like that. And it made people react different to my Instagram. They were like, whoa, he really does like get down and, and talk this talk to people on a one-on-one level. And it's like, yeah, because the biggest impact doesn't come from the herd. It comes from the one that runs to the side of the herd and then get ahead and lead the way. You often talk about branding and how powerful it is. I want I want to connect the dots between this because again, talk, going back to this idea on image and how you know people portray us. You know, um, I, I always feel like you know, barbering, you know, cosmetology, you know, haircutting. The public they just don't understand those things. They they mostly understand I'm going to a place and hopefully get an experience. And it's about the conversation as much as it's about anything else. It's about the vibe. It's about the atmosphere. It's about the person. And to me, to a consumer, like the last thing on the list of things that makes them think about who you are and how you are and what your brand is, is, is that work. You know, they're more interested in everything else. So when you think about branding and, and, and being an entrepreneur as a barber, as an educator, like talk about that a little bit. Like, how do you get that entrepreneurship? in your brand so when someone looks at you they're like oh wait he's that and he's also these other things listening to you ask that question i think the word is scalability can you scale your brand can you build something that can go into many different areas and succeed so just like yourself you know you might have started out at american salon oh i started some way way before that john i'm so i'm so effing old (laughs) but but you know what i mean like i do i do (laughs) <laughs> but you you scale that position into something much bigger, mm-hmm. you know, and that's to me, that's what it is, is can you scale when you're when you're building something? Most of the times we make a big mistake of creating a brand name that only fits in what we're doing. So we're living in the moment and we get stuck in that moment where I always use the example popular nobody. You don't know if I'm a bread maker. You don't know if I create vacuums. You don't know what I do. So it's a mystery. And I think we got to eliminate that first mistake of getting locked into what we do as our brand and think bigger, larger scale of how can I create a name that fits everywhere I want to play, but also going back to clear vision of an entrepreneur. You have to know before you start a brand what your scalability is and how you want to play in that space. So for that person who's like, mm, okay, I'm interested in that, but I don't know what I want to do other than in this moment, I'm going to, I want to be a great haircutter. I want to build my clientele. I want to have a good life. And then I hope I get to the point where I can start, you know, branching out. But if that person is like, maybe that's all they'll ever do. How do they take this idea of, you know, entrepreneurship and, and branding themselves um, and, and really make it work for them and, and, you know, react to that. My my advice to somebody that's like, you know, I don't know if I want to expand. I don't know if I can expand. You always can. You always can expand. And the way that you change that mindset a little bit or challenge your own thought process is just look around you. You know, find out what's missing. I know we we all use things, especially in our industry. We sit back and like, oh, I wish this tool can do this. There's an idea for you. You know, when you're sitting at home. You find, I, I always say you find the holes in the boat and you plug the holes before the boat sink. That's entrepreneurship. You're always thinking, what can I do to keep moving forward 
And it could be simple ideas. Uh, you, you can even go on, what is that? Uh, Canva, make you a journal and sell it on Etsy. Like, you're, that's still entrepreneurship. It's small things that think about what you wish you had as a hairdresser or a hairdresser student, a barber student. And, and those are the things that help you scale. Now, when I, I like that, again, analogy, metaphor of, of, of plugging the holes in the boat. So for a young person, again, usually the biggest hole is, is financial. You know, there's the, you know, either they're spending too much or not making too much, but you know, then it becomes the frustration. So you got to plug that hole and often you got to plug it kind of quickly, you know, so you can get to where you want to get. And so again, I'm going to kind of stay focused on the salon for a moment. You know, to me, uh, retail, you know, is, is for many, it's almost another career within the salon uh, without leaving the salon. You're behind the chair, you're doing your thing. You're really good in cutting hair. Maybe you've never really been a strong retailer. Again, um, um, you know, Kim Bennett over, you know, who's working with Sweets and, you know, part of the Paul Mitchell team. And um, you know, she's she kills it in retail. She pays her rent for retail. She pays a lot more than her rent with retail. So, you know, plug in that hole. You can do things many ways. You can, as you say, you can go out and come up with some new ideas and start a new kind of business on the side or connected or dotted line. But you can also look at other ways to bring in money and maybe position yourself as the product expert as well as the great haircutter or colorist. Yeah, I think retail, you know, in the barbershop, uh, you know, in street culture, you'll hear people say mattress money. Uh, mm. And that's how I refer to retail. It's shoebox money. It's mattress money. It's the money that you didn't think you can make, but you can make it just by having the right type of conversation. And that right type of conversation is not being the cheesy car salesman that's trying to sell you on a product. I tell people all the time, I don't sell product. I prescribe it my license say I'm right up under doctors and everybody else. So when you have that kind of dialogue and conversation with your clients, you're getting that extra bonus money, that vacation money, the money that's going to help you plug the holes in the boat, use things that you already have right in front of you to help you generate more income. And once again, that falls right back to entrepreneurship. Now you're opening up another door as an entrepreneur to scale your business and your business is your chair. And my dad went to a barbershop his whole life. And, you know, when I was a kid, you know, that was the only place you know, I ever was, was Tony the Barber in Long Branch, New Jersey. And there was no products. There was no products. And in the industry, you know, being around barbers, it was always kind of like, eh, you know, not so much. But then I remember going to BarberCon and seeing you and the Paul Mitchell crew there launching Maverick. And I remember the excitement of so many people who came by going, hmm, this is, this is something I hadn't really thought about. And there, there is potentially an opportunity here. And I, I it feels like it's it's... I feel like we're still in that first wave of taking retail into the barbershop. I could be wrong about that. You're closer to it, but it just seems like such a big opportunity because what salons learned a long time ago, that I know for sure about this industry is guys, we're like the easiest sale on the planet. Like you, t- you tell a guy what to buy and we're just like, can I have two of those? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what's and, your take? What's your take on the state of retail in barbering? I think it's, I think we're starting to get there. Okay, and, I, and the reason why I think we're starting to get there is because the the visuals that we see on social media, um, because of those visuals, we know guys are coming in with them same photos, and if those guys that's coming in with those photos, they they're gonna sit in your chair. Most of the time, they've never experienced product knowledge from behind the chair, you know. Our, our, and so for me, it's like. That's why I say I kind of prescribe it because if you're showing me this photo, you're showing me the you want you showing me how how well you want to get. So in order to get this well, I got to give you something in return that's going to give you that end result. And so I think we're starting to get there, and barbers are starting to feel more 
uh, I think our industry in general, crossovering is starting to happen a lot where Cosmos want to do more barber stuff and barbers want to do more Cosmos stuff. So I think that gap is starting to close and it's closing rapidly. And so product knowledge, I think, was big for barbering to start to understand. And then, of course, now we got a lot of small brands, you know, coming up in the barbering space where the big brands are just now trying to catch on to it. Well, and I, one of the most exciting things I've seen on TikTok, which you know, kind of fascinates me, is barbershops doing perms. You know, I mean, I think that that is just fascinating me. It's blowing up. It's it's kind of a, a movement that's kind of come over from Asia where it was already a pretty big thing. And then the K-pop thing happened. And we're seeing more and more of that. I, I think I'm excited to watch the, I don't know, I'll call it kind of the growing up of the barbershop side of the industry. I think, you know, we've had so many years of barbershops loaded with entrepreneurs, but I think there's a lot of new education and resources coming to barbershop and plus the social media thing that that is slowly transforming the industry. I don't think it's going to look the same in 10 years. No, it's definitely not going to look the same in 10 years. You know, um, I tell any barbershop owner that don't have product in their shop yet, find you a brand that speaks your language and speaks your culture. And that's how you make it work. Uh, educate your barbers on product knowledge. So that means you got to get with a company that's going to bring education into your shop that's going to teach everybody in your shop how to make extra money and the importance of why you want to sell this product and make that extra money. Those little small percentages add up and it's, it, it has to be more owners on, on the barbershop side that want to invest in companies and invest in product and retail. And if any group of people don't understand truly that they are entrepreneurs, just because of the business models we know are in that space, you know, any barbers listening, you are entrepreneurs just by definition of, of the side of the industry that you are are in. All right. We are, we're out of time, John, mostly. So, um, Mr. Popular Nobody, uh, explain to people where they can follow you, where they can find you online. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm so excited we had this short conversation. Yeah. Thank you for the conversation. It's always great to just be able to, you know, talk with you and, and just share our thoughts on where the industry is. So thank you. But people listening, I said. I appreciate all the support. You can find me on Instagram. It's popular underscore nobody. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's where real business happens. Yes. <laughs> yes, everybody. Go to LinkedIn. Get a profile. You can find me on TikTok at popularjm. And of course, my website is thepopularnobody.com. And that's where you can find me. And you can also find John mostly on stages around the industry at shows and, and all kinds of events, brand events, but also the big shows. He's almost always there. And uh, one, one reason I got, always think I got to go to shows is, is to run into John mostly. So, uh, <laughs> and Gordon, they can find me at the salon or barbershop if they need some good education. I'm always willing to come share my passion. So there you go. There you go. Everybody, everybody check John out if you're not already following him. So thank you. John mostly for for spending some time with us as always and I want to say to our audience you know um, again you know thank you so much for being here we really really appreciate it if you like the podcast I'd appreciate a like a subscribe or a share better yet leave a review it helps people to find us and again remember socialbeautymakers.com free newsletter over there get early access to the podcast if you're up for it so um, head over there and check it out as well as more content um, one final time um, thank you thank you John mostly um, I can't wait I'm going to see you in Chicago at the ABS really soon I think you sure will All right. So once again, I'm Gordon Miller. I am most excited to bring you more really good stuff next time.